Merry Christmas! This is the special Seasons Beatings edition of the Worldview of Wrestling. I'm Mr. Stone. And I'm Mr. Bush. We're going to be looking back over the year 2019. Who were you? What were you? Where have you been? And where are we going now into the new year? All this and more on this special Christmas Eve edition. Hope you have plenty of turkey and gravy to go around because it's going to get deep. Well, it's 2019's final edition of the Worldview of Wrestling. I'm Bush, he's Stone, and we're here to talk about all things professional wrestling over the past year. And man, we've got a lot to get to because 2019 has been a banner year for pro wrestling. It's not going to be our last edition of no. the Worldview of Wrestling for 2019. You're right, I forgot. <laughs> our last edition. Our last edition <laughs> online. Ah, no, I stand corrected, ladies and gentlemen. You know, 2019 was probably probably one of the more interesting years in professional wrestling in the last however many years. I mean, since WCW, I guess 2001 at least. I mean, you've got companies that are popping up. AEW made their debut this year. Yeah, Ring of Honor, which I definitely want to discuss them and their kind of. I don't want to say fall from grace, but. Um, their loss of momentum. New Japan just keeps doing New Japan. They keep just kicking butt, taking names. They're great. Yeah, NXT the, goes to oh, yeah. television. You have, you know, the WWE does WrestleMania. The women main event for the first time in WrestleMania history. Uh, a lot of big news there. And, of course, more that we can't talk about. The NWA is back. I mean, there's so much to talk about. Well, and on top of that, I think social media, more now than in past years has played an even bigger role in wrestling. You have so many of these different uh, organizations like the NWA. Yeah. They're totally airing on YouTube. And I know they're going through other social platforms, mm -hmm. but you talk about somebody who's like, okay, where are we? Let's do that and build up from there. Yeah. And then of course, Impact Wrestling, they go from being a Twitch show and then Anthem buys access. So now it's still a Twitch show. Well, it still is, but. <laughs> I said, they're they're now on Access TV, so technically, you know, they're still on national television. There's a lot of good, a lot of good talent. There's good talent in every promotion, mm. and there's bad talent in every promotion. I think we can say that. And I and I can personally say this: I can't choose just one promotion to watch. I can't say this is the promotion that has everything that I want and need. I can't do that because every promotion has things I don't like about it. Well, I think every promotion, yeah, I, I have that same feeling. But it has thing. Every promotion has things I do like. Like I'm not saying bad things about promotions. I'm saying I like this about it. I don't like this. No, yeah, things like that. No, I totally get it. And for me, it is. I don't even think we're at oversaturation yet. No, twenty five hours or so on any given week of the month of new content being made by wrestling promotions. I mean, just eight of that's probably WWE. Yeah. Between WWE's three hour Monday show, two hour Wednesday show, two hour Friday show in any given week. And a three hour pay-per-view once a month. Three, try about four and a half. <laughs> well, well, more, maybe even five or better. If it's WrestleMania, it's eight. So, right. I mean, you look at these, these things and, WWE themselves is producing enough content to where you don't need to watch anything else. And I think that's their goal is, hey, we're giving you so much. Why watch anything else? But New Japan's got new shows out all the time. They can be found on Access. Uh, Ring of Honor's got syndicated television going on all the Sinclair broadcasting forms. AEW's got their weekly show, which... Ugh. Talk about a show really lost some steam. Big time. And, you know, when we were up there in Charleston... They were there uh, night before Halloween, mm -hmm. October thirtieth. <clears throat> Excuse me. We were both there, and it was a good show. I enjoyed. I, enjoy, I had a good time. I really had a good time. I had a good time. But then I look back at it. I had a good time because I didn't know what was going to happen, and I, for the most part, enjoyed what happened. I, I think back. This still the thing that sticks with me. Everybody stood the whole time during the contract signing between Jericho and um, Cody Rhodes. 
Yeah, and I looked. They back. didn't even. There wasn't even a match. It there wasn't, was just, and and nobody, and it didn't even. It broke out into a fight backstage, but it didn't end like you would expect a contract signing to end. Well, I look at it like this: nobody went through the table. That's true. <laughs> but look at it like this: when you have stars, is what gets your attention, and that's that's the big thing that I take away from that because while good wrestling, you can see good wrestling matches all the all the time. You can go to any independent show and see good wrestling matches. I see Absolutely. Them, I see them all the time. But the only problem is those television shows that have good wrestling matches, they've got to have something that sparks your interest. Good wrestling matches on their own of just saying, here is two guys getting in the ring and having a good wrestling match. That's not going to yield an audience. You know what that's going to yield? That's going <coughs> to yield an audience for a little bit. But oh, you, sure. You've got to give the audience a reason to care. The ongoing problem with wrestling is that you still you're always going to have the diehards. And, but they don't, the diehards for probably make up a good portion of that 2 million a week that are 2.5 that are watching SmackDown every week. Yeah. But it's that casual fan that's flipping through who for maybe 20 seconds is going to say, Oh, wrestling. I remember I used to watch that. And you know what? I'm going to go out and say it. The dog food bit. You know what I'm talking about. It was terrible. It wasn't that bad. It was bad. Oh, come on. It was bad. It was bad. I told, Obviously, they had them already opened. They must have blended. The stagehands helped. They helped hook Roman Reigns well, see, up. I, there you go. It goes back to the casual fan. I don't remember the stagehands helping. If I do. I, if I turned tuned in right when they're taking it and they're smearing it all over and Michael Cole says, the big dog gets it, I don't think it's that bad. I didn't like the fact that they are, he should have had it. Where's the pull tabs at? Where's the pull tab knowing, dog food? Knowing Baron Corbin, he probably doesn't know how to open a can. Well, there you go. But I'll, I'll say this. Lay down on old Corbin. No. <laughs> um, I'll say this when it comes to WWE. WWE Survivor Series this past year. Great. Best best pay-per-view of the year. I would say that, Hands yes. down to me. It was the best pay-per-view of the year from WWE. Uh, second place, I can't believe I'm going to say this, in a close second, Extreme Rules. I thought Extreme Rules was spectacular. I might even put I might even put Extreme Rules a little bit ahead of Survivor Series, but I was more interested in Survivor Series going to going into it yeah. than I was uh, Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules, I was pleasantly surprised yeah. that a pay-per-view I didn't even care about. I didn't, but I watched it, and, and I, I ended watched, up enjoying it. You're right. Survivor Series, I looked forward to it, was impressed and shocked at the end result because I wasn't expecting it. I'll say this. I don't know how we can go from what we had at Survivor Series, such a high, to what we had at TLC. TLC was not good. But TLC was a little bit of a letdown. A little bit. I did not. A little bit. A little bit. I, I thought that the uh, Ed, uh, Buddy Murphy and Alistair Black match was great. It was a good match. I really enjoyed it. I put it a little bit above the Andrade because Andrade was on the... They were on the pre-show. They were. I missed the pre-show. So I watched the pre-show and I thought Andrade and Humberto Carrillo, who, by the way, found this out. All right, you know Angel Garza in NXT, right? Yes. Angel Garza is the nephew... Of Hector Garza. Remember Hector Garza? He used to wrestle back in 97, 98 in yeah, WWE and WCW. I do, yeah. I, I think, I, 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 yeah. He's a big guy Sounds in familiar. AAA. Yeah, Hector Garza. Humberto Carrillo is Hector Garza's son. Well, there you go. I didn't know that. But now I'm putting two and two together. But I bet I thought, you if I saw Hector Garza, I would have You would recognize. Him. He used to do the, uh, like the 720 off the top rope, just the standing 720. Was he in Los Ruiz? No, 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 no. That was uh, Savio Vega. Savio Vega. That was Miguel Puerto, Puerto Rican. Yeah, it was thing. Savio Miguel Jesus and look at the big oh, brain man. on Bush. Who was the wow. other guy? Who was the other guy? You remember Manuel? Manuel. That was it. <laughs> Manuel. That was it. Well, that is a stereotypic. I don't know. Man- Manuel, Savio, <laughs> Jesus, and. Um, Jose, that was it. That was a Jose Estrada. Anyway, aside from me remembering who who's in Los Bariquas and who and who's in the Truth Commission, I remember oh, that oh, as well. Oh, lay it on me. Sniper, Recon, <laughs> Kurgan, 
the Jackal. <laughs> You're welcome. I remember Kurgan. Most people remember Kurgan and the Jackal. Sniper and Recon are the other guys. Um, anyway, the <laughs> the the problem I had though with with it was the pre-show match was the best match I saw all night. I thought the women's TLC match had potential. It was sloppy. I felt it was a little sloppy. Well, as we go on, I think you're going to notice the women's women didn't really have a lot of gimmick matches for the longest well, time. Well, do you, you feel know, like maybe so. they're trying to push it a little too much too fast? Maybe. Because they're trying to go, and they're trying to outdo a, a look. When I think TLC, I think of WrestleMania 17. I think of SummerSlam 2000. I think of mm. Edge and John Cena in Toronto at Unforgiven 06. Mm. Those those TLC matches stick out in my mind. Even the one that Edge had with uh, Ric Flair. Well, yeah, even that. I mean, wow. Miz and Jerry Lawler had one on Raw. No, oh, it was the other one. That yeah. was a good one. Uh, my thing is, we've seen so much in mm-hmm. TLC matches, mm-hmm. and the bar is set so high. Mm-hmm. Not just the women. I think the men are also having a hard time stepping up because we th- we ex- we've been spoiled to the fact that we expect them to raise the bar again. Honestly, unless they're going to kill themselves, they can't raise the bar much higher. Well, we definitely don't want that. No, and I don't want that. I don't want that. I mean, it's just really hard for us to expect, okay, these four women, as great of athletes as they are, and they deserve that main event spot, and they had a good good match, but it was kind of a letdown, I thought. A little sloppy. Um, Of course, Kyrie Sane gets knocked out during the match. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I, I didn't watch all of that. Like I said, for me, it comes back to 25 hours of wrestling. It's a lot. I tried for several weeks. I didn't watch anything last week. Yeah. I, I mean, I just can't get to I mean, it. as we record right now, there is wrestling on television. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course there is. It's the day it ends and why. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> Well, speaking of wrestling that's going on and good wrestling, we're we're right now, it's Christmas Eve. By the way, Merry Christmas, Mr. Bush. Merry Christmas to you, Mr. Stone. My family always did the Christmas on Christmas Eve. Mine does too. So we did all that, and we went to my mother-in-law's, and we had uh, quite possibly the best banana pudding ever. My family does um, Christmas. We do all of our Christmas presents and get-togethers on Christmas Eve. And my sister makes a big bowl, and I'm talking huge, of cavatini. I don't know if you've had cavatini, but we did. It's like in a, have you, do you know what I'm talking about when I say cavatini? I'm, I'm looking at you like a, a deer in headlights. What okay. would make you think I didn't it's, know what it was? Okay. Well, I mean, it's, it's a pasta dish with like uh, ziti noodles, uh-huh. and it's got, you know, marinara and banana peppers and hamburger. I'm, I'm loving it. Pepperoni okay. and cheese mm. and sausage. And mm. it's very good. Uh, and we, that's what we eat for Christmas uh, usually every year. And it's just a good hearty meal, and you can eat and get the bread and everything. And we open our gifts and everything. But Christmas Day, normally Christmas Day, what I do is um, after I put in my shift here at the station, like I'll be doing on Christmas Day, um, normally I go home and sleep a little bit and then try to catch a Christmas story at least once Hmm. um, and then get up and have dinner with the family and just kind of relax. But this year... I was going to say, I, 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 we're doing it different for my family, but I think you and I, I think you're thinking what I think you're thinking. Oh, you know what I think. You know I'm thinking what you think I'm thinking. All right. We're talking about ASW Absolutely. and Boone County tomorrow night. Absolutely. It's going to be a great time. Christmas with All-Star Wrestling, the Rock and Roll Express, the nine-time NWA Tag Team Champions and current Tag Team Champions. I say, and current We'll be in Madison. Come hang out. Big matches announced already. Three huge matches announced. Tyre Ali challenging Rocky Rage for the ASW title. Uh. Hashtag SRO taking on the Rock and Roll Express. Uh. And Casey King, the Appalachian Dream, takes on <laughs> Shane Kryzak for the X Division Championship. So come out. Enjoy it. It's Christmas Christmas uh, evening. What are you, What's going on? There's nothing open. Yeah, right. No. Nothing no. open. You've already seen a Christmas story. There's no good ball games. <laughs> Christmas Come story on, on tonight, man. Uh, yeah, starts tonight. Twenty four hours. When did they ever? When 
you know, you think about how things start. Like obviously ASW, if you know, if they end up starting a tradition here of, of on working Christmas uh, Day. Well, I mean, Christmas Day used to be like Thanksgiving, right? A huge wrestling night because there was never anything on, nothing to do. Families had after you've had your dinner, usually you eat dinner a little early, three o'clock. So maybe a little later than that, but we're, by, by we're, 7, 8 o'clock in the evening, no. there's nothing to do. We're a 1 p.m. family. Yeah, we usually roll that way. As my grandmother said, well, that's just dinner. Supper ain't till 6. Well, you know the old saying, <laughs> you know why a lot of people eat, like, because I don't know about you guys, but we eat Thanksgiving dinner kind of early. Do you know why that tradition started? Because that seems to be a... Get everybody out of the house quicker? No, actually, it does do that, but it started <laughs> as a tradition of back when it was a farming land. Mm-hmm. People would eat dinner early, and then they still had to go out and work later. Mm-hmm. So they ate early, and then they went out and did their work while there was still some daylight. Well, so. Lord. Anyway, back to wrestling. <laughs> back to pro wrestling as we got a little aside there. Um, let's talk about some of the things that we remember from this past year. Um, I know one positive that I want to bring up is the Kofi Kingston win. And Kofi caught fire like that. He just caught fire at an at elimination chamber. The elimination chamber. They he put replaced, him. Um, he replaced Ali. Yeah, Mustafa. Yeah, yeah. they re- he replaces him, and then he catches absolute fire headed for WrestleMania, and everybody wants to throw him into the main event, and he has to go over all these obstacles. They were basically mm. trying to rebook the Daniel Bryan thing from years ago, but in a quicker span. I remember the, the, the Elimination Chamber, I recall, being literally, I don't remember who was in it. I remember Kofi. I remember Kofi was in it, and Kofi caught fire, and I never thought that at WrestleMania I'd be seeing him going for the title. The other match I remember in this build, the gauntlet. Yeah, the gauntlet the match. controversial the- gauntlet. He went through five people. Yeah. Well, I think he might have came in number three. He went through, he was in there for like over 40 minutes or something. Yeah. And at the end, the last person he has to beat to get his title shot against Daniel Bryan, he's barely able to stand. Daniel Bryan's music hits. Yep. Here he struts out there like the proverbial little gnome that he is, and he gets in the little bastage. He gets in there, and he he defeats him. Yep. One, two, three. Easy peasy. Japanese. Yep. out of here. And the whole crowd was PO'd. Then they got another chance. This time it was New Day that had to run the gauntlet for Kofi. The Usos come out after New Day have went through this gauntlet. They look at him and they say, we have respect for Kofi and he's earned it. And they just leave. And then they had had to beat Brian and Rowan. Off off, off they go. And it was was really cool that Kofi got that shot. Good moment for WrestleMania. Great match at WrestleMania. It was. It was probably the best match at WrestleMania, honestly, this year. Uh, uh, yeah. Of the ma- I remember two matches from this Mania card this year, and that was one of them. WrestleMania 30 will always go down as Daniel Bryan's moment. And something else. And Undertaker's streak. And ending. the biggest mistake in maybe pro wrestling history, but okay. I still disagree. I, I still disagree. Stupid. Just think, man. Brock Lesnar, he would probably still be where he is right now. He would. But. Then what was the point? Well, there you go. What was the point? There was none. He did that. He didn't need it. He still did it. He didn't need it. Somebody, it's not To me, it's not a matter of if he needed it. A matter of it to me is is who else could do it. I didn't think anybody should have done it. I think that he should have retired. I didn't, but then what was the point of even doing it in the first place? It if was an accident. If he does a, well, there you go. It was an accident. It, so, it was just. It wasn't booked that way. It just happened. <laughs> and then still they, a, it's still when a they moment. finally they started to notice whenever he was ten and zero, and they're like, "Oh, it's still he a hasn't moment. Lost. It's still a moment, and it's still now, part it's a of moment. that streak. It's a moment now. I'll give you that. I know. However, everybody gave up on the streak of twenty one and one, but it's still. It's now what twenty three and two two. <laughs> so, but hey, that was something I found out. That was another moment from this year, and it didn't happen too long ago. The night of Survivor Series. The Broken Skull. The Broken Skull, whatever it's broken called. So, broken Skull Sessions. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I watched well over most of it. It might have been like four minutes left in it. I watched most of it. You know, all these podcasts I saw, they were all like doing their reviews on it. Basically for me, 
I enjoyed it. I don't think any of it's stuff to be repeated and, and to make content out of. No. But if you uh, are an Undertaker fan, you remember him as a kid, you were a fan in the Attitude Era, he had a lot of stories, and Stone Cold's there. Stone Cold's always great. Well, I mean, it's, Doing shots it's, the, under, it's the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. It's the Undertaker talking as Mark Callis, Mark Calloway. I loved how Stone Cold actually asked Undertaker if he still would take a shot of Jack. And you know, like, he pulled the bottle out of the Taker's lips quivering. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. I, I got to talk to the Godfather and Henry Godwin about the Jack Daniels because they were both BSK. It's broken. Oh, that's bone, right, they were. Yeah. Bone Street Crew. They were Yokozuna both, was in there. Yokozuna, Savio Vega, uh, Fatu, or Rikishi, better known, but... I've got to talk to some of those guys about some of the stories about Undertaker <laughs> drinking Jack Daniels. And uh, Godfather told me that him and Taker would wake up, roll over in their hotel room, and grab a bottle and just start going. Um, well, you know, Jack Daniels is famous for uh, somebody else connected to wrestling there. You yeah. Know, you know who that is? Who's that? Lemmy Kilmister. Absolutely, Lemmy. Lemmy Kilmister. Jack Daniels, the David Tell joke always was, Jack Daniels ought to come with bell money. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then another story I heard was Shane McMahon. This was from, uh, I think Henry Godwin told us, told me this. He said, Shane McMahon thought he was going to hang with the, the BSK one night. I'm sure he did. <laughs> Yoko, Yoko Zuna took the, uh, took the uh, lid off the bottle of Jack Daniels. And as soon as he did, he threw it away. Uh, there was not going to be any left. That was how they rolled. He said. He right. said if everybody, there was a, everybody got a bottle. He said if the lid came off the bottle, Yoko threw it away. So interesting stories, though. If you like, you know, stories like that, um, the Undertaker is something you need to check out on uh, WWE Network. But let's look at AEW. Should we shift gears there? Or do you have something else? You well, bring I mean, up? we're going over the over the past year, and you know, uh, talking about that match of the year. You know, before we went on here, we were talking about like we were looking at some of the the what what uh, uh, the what it's wrestling torch or the wrestling fire, wrestling observers. You know, what culture pro PWI, and I understand New Japan Pro Wrestling all up and down their their picks. Well, and and, and rightfully so. Right, and, and I'll be honest, they probably would be mine too. I just haven't got to watch anything from the G1 Climax this year. I've been so busy. But you brought up AEW, and one that shows up on all of those, Cody yeah. Rhodes and Dustin. Yeah, that was one of the best. Or, that was the match to me that gave me hope for AEW. Or Cody and Dustin Rhodes, however you want to look at it. Either way, but that match was incredible. Uh, that one was from Double or Nothing, mm -hmm. and they, they really stole the show there. There was nobody was topping that match. And I really enjoyed it, too. Uh, was that the one we watched up, up, up at, your, at your house? No, or? no, we actually. Watched we watched Fight for the Fallen. Yeah, Fight for the Fallen. Well, then that was the one I watched watched here when it was on. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but I want to go with uh, Jericho and uh, Rhodes. I, I thought. Do you like that one better? I don't know if I liked it better, but it's definitely one that I would put into contention from the AEW group um, because, to me, that was the match of the night at uh, full gear, fully loaded gear, well, I, fully, <laughs> fully geared and loaded, and fifth full, gear, full, full geared and loaded. Son, it's, we're 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 strutting and cutting. They really need to work on their names of their pay per views. What's the next Revolution? That one's okay. I'll give them that. I don't get it. Anyway. I I really enjoyed it. I thought it worked. And, you know, I just want to say this real quick, and I'll let you have some time. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> but uh, Chris Jericho, he's he's been getting a lot of flack toward the end of the year. Uh, notice how everybody was something that AEW, I think, has been working on with Jericho. People that were just cheering him like crazy. He's getting more booze now. They're treating him like a, a legit heel, and they have been for a minute now. But – there's a lot of people getting down about him being fat. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I think he is perfect the way he is because if he had like this, you know, really jacked uh, look going for him right now, I don't think it would, it would get him over as much I, as a heel. I don't think he's fat. I mean, he's, well, he's okay, not. Look, he doesn't. <laughs> he's not he, fat by my standards at he all. He doesn't. He doesn't look like he did in you know in 2001. But no, of course, well, I those don't. of us here, uh, which of us do? <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't. I mean, I was kind of portly back then, but I'm way more portly now. I mean, I got ships docking at me. But. Well, I think a lot of it also comes from him being a big rock god now. My wife called it first time she saw him in a while in AEW. She said, 
Oh, he's been drinking. <laughs> he probably has. He, he probably has. A little I mean, bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> I mean, he might be in his 50s now. I mean, he's got to be getting close if he's not. I mean, I don't think I don't I think he's in good shape for him. I mean, I'm not oh, going to yeah. sit here and say that he's not. Um and a lot of people that want to jump on him for that. If that's the worst egregence that Jericho has going for him, uh okay. They're right now pushing a tag team called the Dark Order. Yeah. Uh, look at who's in that tag team, and you want to talk about guys that are out of shape and overweight. I am happy that Cody and Dustin got their match finally. And, yeah, it and was it, a good one, too. And it, and it was a lot of fun to watch. As far as Jericho, I mean, I mean he's, he's pushing 50, man. He's, yeah, he's, I mean, he's an older feller now, and but he still goes, so I don't know. I, you know, the, it just shows you that he's getting over more and more of people as a heel. I mean, if they're literally just going calling him fat, yeah. I mean, I mean how great they want to they want to insult the guy. Uh, but let, let me go ahead and say this: so you're nominating Dustin and Cody and Cody and Jericho as match of the year nominees because we're going to reveal our. I think we'll have a top ten match of the year. I would say those two definitely from AEW. Okay. Uh, and definitely the Kofi and uh, Daniel Bryan. Okay, sure. those are nominees. Um, I want to definitely bring up, this is kind of my, my thing I want to bring up here for AEW. I want to just say, to me, the breakout star of this calendar year is Luchasaurus. You know what? From, I, a, from AEW. I, I, and MJF. And MJF. I would agree. Matter of fact, and I know a lot of people are down on Marco Stunt. And I'm only mentioning him. <laughs> you definitely got the face for radio with that look. Yeah. But uh, here's my thing with Marco Stunt. I think what he does is fine. I don't think he should definitely be doing any flips and twists and throwing big guys around. Other than that, his little mascot role. I like the mascot role. Is perfect. He can always, we know that he can get up on the top rope, dive off on everybody. I like Marco Stunt. I don't think Stunt. he should be wrestling. I like I Marco he... Stunt as a mascot. I like Marco Stunt as a as a sympathy getter. Like, oh yeah, this is Luchasaurus and and Jungle Boy or He's whatever. Somebody for Luchasaurus to fight for. Exactly. Like, say a tag team's trying to get back at the Jurassic Express. What do they do? They beat up Marco Stunt. I'd say that, perfect. Yeah, I'd say that Jurassic Express. The whole gimmick is a good breakout for AEW, but Luchasaurus yeah. is definitely leading that. He's the star. He's the star, but I think what they're doing right now is probably the best. It is. Let Luchasaurus be that attraction. Let him get Jungle Boy. Bring Jungle Boy slowly Boy getting there, especially working with Jericho like he did recently. So that was the last episode before their New Year's Day mm-hmm, episode. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that that I, you know, I watched that ten minutes. It, it was, was good. It, it was good. It was good. I mean, there was a little slop here and there, but yeah. you know, it's you know, it, it is what. I enjoyed it. I'm going to quote Bruce Pritchard. I don't like my wrestling to be perfect. Does that make sense? Right, but you don't. You don't also want them so sloppy that there's botches going to happen. True, very true. And I'm just, sure they don't want that either. Well, but. no, but I don't want it to look like a perfect gymnastics routine either. Um, but I'm going to bring up probably the guy for me though, where Luchasaurus for AEW was my breakout star of the year, breakout star of the year all the way around for WWE. Um, Adam Cole. Just my that's my opinion. Adam Cole was the guy this year. Everything that dude did turned to gold. Yeah, uh, you know him only being on NXT is what holds him back from from uh, probably getting that acknowledgement on uh, on the overall WWE landscape. I because Kofi Kingston had a big run. Kofi had a big year. Don't get me wrong. But but I, I, MVP as far as carrying NXT, he absolutely did. He's doing for NXT what. Finn Balor did so many years ago. And mm-hmm. Finn Balor, who's somebody else who's re- recreated that character, brought it back around. But as far as Adam Cole carrying NXT, leading this invasion angle. It was great. And NXT, look, at, he's got a lot to really that he could really pipe up about on TV. And I'm yeah. sure we're going to hear all about it. In the Undisputed Era, <laughs> I mean, they're perfect. I think that's the best. I've said this before. I think they are the best faction to hit the air since the NWO, the original three. I'll take them over DX. I'll take them over the Shield. That's controversial, but I think honestly, the Undisputed Era to me may be the best thing since the Four Horsemen. 
you know, an evolution. I liked evolution. Evolution, I loved evolution, but evolution just did not have that star appeal. Evolution took that the horseman did exactly. Evolution took a star from the past, a star from the present, and then made two stars. But what you have here is four guys in the prime, mm-hmm. and they they've all gotten behind the guy that they all know is better than all, and of they're them. poised to break out. Poised, yeah. Adam Cole's Ric Flair fishing O'Reilly or Arn and Ole, and you got Tully who could be Roddy Strong. I mean, it's perfect. And you know what? I'm going to let one of my predictions for 2020 out a little early. Okay, a little early. I think we're going to Survivor Series next year. Next year. Okay. I want to call now NXT the uh, <laughs> what are they called? I. Undisputed air. Undisputed. I kept wanting to say endless aggression. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah. The, the undisputed era. I could totally see them doing an invasion storyline on Raw and SmackDown, and having war games to Raw and to SmackDown against. I could see the that. undisputed era. Have that. war games at Survivor Series. It would. It would work. It would absolutely. And uh, the war games matches this year were great as well. I would put the female on as a contender for match of the year. It was good. I mean, I think both war games were contenders oh, for match of the year. I thought year. the whole pay-per-view was great. It was. Would, it, it was the best I'm gonna, NXT pay-per-view all year. I I'll throw say. a nominee out there for you for match of the year. Go ahead. Pete Dunne, oh. Adam Cole from Survivor Series. There's your nominee. Absolutely phenomenal. I thought that was the best match of the whole weekend. Well... You mentioned uh, some uh, NXT and a UK guy. Oh, I know where you're going. You know where I'm going. I'm going Walter and Tyler and Bates. Tyler Bates. Oh man, what a match! Eight minutes, something like that. That was that has been that was my personal favorite match of the year. Mm-hmm. I can't say it's going to make our match of the year number one, mm-hmm. but it was my favorite match of the entire year. That match was incredible. I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I really found myself on the edge of my seat. And that was the only match that done that for me this year. So, you know, bringing that up and, and recalling that and bringing that back. It, yeah. It's something, that, it's something that you could show someone who doesn't know anything about wrestling. Absolutely. And they're like, what is this thing? There's 25 hours of it on. out getting advertisements and emails about it all the time. What is this? Well, and don't forget, um, one of the first pay-per-views coming up next year is an NXT UK pay-per-view. So that should be very fun, very interesting to see. I'm going to go ahead and uh, pull up the UK pay-per-view coming up. It's UK NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2. We're not far from it. January the 12th, 2020 at the Empress Ballroom in Blackpool, England. So they're going back to Blackpool. Here's some of the matches that have been announced for that. Tyler Bate versus Jordan Devlin. So Jordan Devlin is uh, the guy who faced Finn Balor at the last takeover. Trent Seven, who I absolutely love, Trent Seven, taking on Eddie Dennis. Kaylee Ray will be taking on Tony Storm, who uh, I, I heart Tony Storm. Uh, anything Tony Storm's in is going to be great. Yeah, and uh, Piper Nevin, a triple threat match for the NXT UK women's title. Here's you one to, to, to tune in for. Fatal four-way tag team ladder match. Oh. Gallus, which is Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, if you remember uh, Wolfgang. Yeah. I'm, I believe Wolfgang was the guy who was... Uh, Alexander? No, actually, no, he yeah. was in the uh, yeah. UK tournament. title tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. And he will be. And they will be taking on Imperium, which is Alexander that Wolf. That is who I was thinking of. And Fabian Aichner, or could be Marcel Eichner. Barthel. Okay, Eichner, excuse me. <laughs> I didn't want to be in Or Marcel Barthel, so it could be either one. Then the Grizzled Vets of Zach Gibson and James Drake. And, of course, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. NXT tag team titles on the line. And then your main event. Uh, Walter defends the UX, the UK NXT championship against Joe Coffey. Well, we're at right there. The, the, the top two card right there. I mean, that's, I mean, that's right there to make I, me want to watch me. it. You've got me ready to go. Tyler Bates on the card. Trent Seven's on the card. Four-way ladder match. Walter, who's probably one of the best things going in wrestling. Yeah, I'm in. And then don't forget, coming up, after that is a UK versus NXT UK versus NXT pay-per-view later on in that month. In January or February. January, I January. believe. I think it's the 
If I'm not mistaken, it's the night before the Royal Rumble. I'll have to find uh, the exact event. I'm pretty sure it's um, right before the Rumble in Houston. One of their takeovers. Yeah, it's a takeover, and I've not been able to uh, to find the name of it just yet, but I did read that was happening, so we're looking forward to that. There's going to be some good ones there. Um, well, WWE, apparently also the Royal Rumble, which I'm sure we'll talk more about this on Sunday. Absolutely. Which, by the way, we're going to be live on uh, WVOW Radio. Uh, Logan, this Sunday... On the, what is that, the 29th? Yes, the 29th. The 29th, following the football game. I don't have my schedule here with me. i tell you what the football game is that night. It's the 49ers and the Seahawks. There you go. You act like a feller has got a dollar or two put on that game. No, I act like a feller that's going to be at this game, uh, be here on Sunday to play that for everyone to, to hear. Well, I'll be back here for you a little bit later on that night. So. Absolutely. But that that's going to be our special, uh, our, our regular show. Which you can always catch us on WVOW Logan on the FM side, 101.9. You can catch us at the end of uh, each month on the last Sunday of the month. And uh, we're going to be talking about the Royal Rumble coming up next year. And this is something for you to think about, Nathan, for Sunday. 10, 10, and 10. That's going to be the 30 men, mm-hmm. 10 from SmackDown, Raw, and NXT making up the full Rumble this year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. They may have actually canceled that. Uh, <laughs> I can't find I'm, it. I'm sitting over plugging the money for Sunday, and you're just you're just whopping that phone I, I'm like looking, crazy. I'm looking to see if it's still going to happen. Well, but they, they didn't cancel it, obviously. I mean, uh, apparently, that sounds like a okay, big card. Okay, I take it back. It is not. It's Worlds Collide 2020. It will take place January 20. Let me see. Uh, nope, that's the Rumble. Uh, Riveting radio right here. Yeah, I, it really is. <laughs> well, I mean, this is what happens. Look. Royal Rumble weekend. That's when it is. Royal Rumble weekend. So it's on the Saturday. It's a Netflix. It's a Netflix. It's a network special. Yeah, I'm no. all tore up over here. No, you're fine. All right. So yes, it will happen. It's not a takeover though. It's a worlds network. collide. Yes, is, worlds is, collide. Is this going to be on uh, the Saturday before? I believe so. Okay. Well. I mean, it still sounds like a good time. Oh, yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Anytime I can tune in for that, I'm all there for. Um, but anyway, we'll we'll talk more about the Royal Rumble on Sunday because that's my absolute favorite event of the year. Mine as well. And maybe we'll even uh, maybe we'll even break another one of these uh, com special editions out just for the Rumble. Look, I can talk about the Rumble all day. So uh, Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll save it for Sunday what we think is the best Royal Rumble of all time. There's and, only one right answer. So. Well, 92 reasons why not to say it. Well, I uh, see you're correct. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> let's... Uh, <laughs> Let's. Uh, Everybody's I, out there shaking their head right now. Like, yep, believe it or yep, not, yep. believe it or not, last year I actually wrote an article online um, ranking the Royal Rumble matches from worst to best. Did you? I did. What was that on? WideMenCanJump.com. Oh yeah, you wrote an article. Wrote you wrote an article for yourself right there. No, I did. You, I remember you telling me about that article. Yeah, I wrote it. Oh, uh, I know what your, your best was. But let's. You, if this is something for people that maybe might disagree with you. What do you think is the worst? Let me find my. Uh, oh, article. he got the phone out again. I think you're worse than Hellboy with this. You yes, know I know. <laughs> He'd be the one like Google it. <laughs> he, won't, <laughs> he won't let nothing by. If I if I remember correctly, I think I went with 2012 as the worst Royal Rumble of all time. Uh, 2012. It was don't, bad. Don't, don't tell me. Hang on. Okay, I won't. Okay, I won't. <laughs> 20, 2012. 2012. I'll double check to give you 100% accuracy here. Oh, uh, 2012. Well, that would have been 2012. That would have been WrestleMania. See, I can only do it by thinking of the WrestleMania. That's how year. I have to do it, too. WrestleMania. So that would be 28? Yep. I was there that for was, that one. That was, what happened to 20? That was the Rock and Cena. Yeah, but there was no title on the line there. No, there was not. That was... Um, and yes, I did rank uh, WrestleMania 2012 uh, as my worst Royal Rumble of all time. 2012? Yeah. Who won that? Hang on. Okay, if you want me to tell you. I watched it. I watched it uh, I watched it in town here on a big screen that me and uh, Chris Smoot, we went, went and rented. Yeah. And uh, I embarrassed the heck out of him at that rental place. 
And I didn't exactly. You never. I didn't exactly endear myself to the staff either. Well, at least one one particular person in, in particular, but uh, one particular person in particular. That's a that's a turn of phrase. Um, Twenty twelve rumble. <laughs> no, this is killing me. You want me to tell you? No. Okay. Uh, well, two thousand eleven would have been twenty seven. That was the Miz and and Cena, but they didn't. Did he win the Rumble? No? No, he did not. That was the 40-man Rumble in 2011. 2012. Who was the champion that was that was uh, challenged? Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan? Mm-hmm. WrestleMania. 28. I was there. I, you I were was there. there for that. You were there. I was at Mania, yes. Oh, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> shoot, he was on SmackDown the other day. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> what is his name? Riveting uh, Radio. Riveting Radio. Uh, there's the, the people out there right now who know the answer. They're like, it's. I, I keep what Seamus. Seamus. I kept thinking Cesaro, and I can no. know it's his partner. Seamus. All right, there we go. And uh, they had three spots that they used on Jerry Lawler, Booker T, and Michael Cole. Uh, Santino and Mick Foley, oh, yeah, Socko, Socko and the and Cobra. Cobra. Oh, um, yeah, just and Sheamus won the match, and this was Jericho's big return, and everybody thought Jericho was finally going to win the Rumble. And <laughs> well, and then he would do that what three more times. <laughs> well, this one though was the whole uh, Jericho coming back and not speaking and getting the crowd riled up, and Jericho was the runner up. But yeah, I've got the whole list up. Uh, just rumble matches only were ranked. Um, but so uh, that that was the worst. That was the worst. It was close between that one and 1999. You know, I thought this year's rumble uh, wasn't bad. It wasn't I'm, great. But I'm, it wasn't I'm bad. killing myself here to try to think of who won. I know uh, Seth, Becky Lynch won the Seth winners. Rollins and Seth Rollins. Wow, you know, it didn't even sound right to say that. Yeah, he did win it. He did. Um, so, you know, and I like how now the Royal Rumbles are getting uh, bigger stadiums. I like it, too. It, it, it helps. They're using gives baseball a lot of prestige. stadiums. That's I think pretty that, interesting. I like that they're doing that. I love the entrance setup for this past year's Rumble with them coming, it was different. coming out of the dugout, and they have the curve in the aisleway. It broke the monotony. It's it, like lo- a, it looks different, which to me makes it look cool. Right. Like, yeah. just, it doesn't look the same. Well, and talking about matches of the year... I'll go ahead and uh, throw this one out here go because ahead. this was a, a you know more recent one, uh, but that Survivor Series match uh, between um, we were talking about it before we come on here. Why am I having so much? Oh, too much turkey. You are struggling. Uh, the the match we were talking about for Survivor Series uh, before we came on. Adam Cole and Pete Dunn. We mentioned that. No, 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 no. The the. God, you're giving me down. The women's tag teams elimination or the women's elimination match? The the elimination match for the men. Oh, man. I didn't even think it was the best. I thought the women's match was better. The one with... Well, yeah, the the women's... I'm sorry. I was... The women's war games were on the Survivor Series now. The the women's... Survivor Series. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've got it right now. Okay, you're fine. Uh, Yeah, I enjoyed that match as well. Um, I mean... We could go all the way back to Wrestle Kingdom from last year. You can go to the, uh, you know, the G one where, not the G one, the G one Super Card at Madison Square Garden the weekend of uh, WrestleMania where I think it was uh, Ibushi and Naito met for the uh, Intercontinental Championship and just killed each other in Madison Square Garden and. Uh, okay. You know, that's another thing from 2019 that really, uh, I think, set the, a lot of the tone for a lot of the organizations of wrestling right now is that that little mutual agreement between ROH and New Japan just gone away. Yeah. Uh, Ring of Honor kind of lost their agreements with everything. I mean, look at it like this. Ring of Honor, at one point, they had an agreement with New Japan. Yes. They had on. an agreement with um, NWA. NWA. And they were all kind of working together, and they really had good stuff. Like, Ring of Honor worked with the NWA to bring back the Crockett Cup this past year, which was won by uh, Brody King and PCO, and they were the the uh, tag team champions for a while. And PCO is, is quite possibly the best thing that ROH has going for him right um, now. There's no quite possibly about it. He really is. He and Roosh. 
uh, are really the biggest stars in the Ring of Honor right now outside of the Briscoes and Jay Lethal. You know, I really didn't care much for the Ring of Honor title match between PCO and Roosh. It wasn't that great. It wasn't that good. And, you know, and I'll tell you why. I don't think PCO is in a position to be carrying a title for an organization. P- However, PCO is blind in one eye. Well, I, I okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm not going to disagree with that. Well, I mean, it's I mean that's got to hinder him a little bit, right? I do not believe that PCO is a person who should be carrying a title right now. He is, however, primo special attraction um, goods here for ROH. But yeah. at the same time, they've got to get him on. They got to get their title on someone who's generating some buzz in the wrestling world. Right now, Ring of Honor doesn't have a lot of buzz that's positive in the wrestling yeah, world. And the only buzz of the people who are the talent on there right now has to be PCO. Yeah. And, and he's he's doing well, though. Don't get me wrong, but... No, I yeah, know, I mean, I didn't care much for that match, but he is an attraction. And I want to see more of PCO. I'm surprised that he's ROH champion, but at the same time, I'm not. Yeah. Um, the Matt Taven, Jay Lethal, Marty Skrull ladder match for the Ring of Honor title was was pretty good. Uh, Okada beat Jay White at the G1 Supercard, which was really good, but I think Ibushi and Naito was match of the night that night. Zack Sabre Jr. beat uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi that night as well. So if you, didn't, if you never did get to watch G1 Supercard, I highly recommend it. Uh, there was a really good battle royal on the pre-show that Kenny King won. Uh, Great Muda was in it. Uh, Jushin Thunder Liger was in it. Haku for nostalgia. But then there was a lot of great young talent there. Chase Owens. Uh, shout out to Chase if he's listening. Uh, he was in it. Member of the Bullet Club. Well, and also, we've mentioned a lot of New Japan Pro Wrestling stars. But one that I've got to throw out there because he did win the G1 Climax this year is Ibushi. Ibushi's had a great year, and we're going to talk about um, Wrestle Kingdom on Sunday. I think we're going to preview because it's a two-night event this year, uh, Wrestle Kingdom is. And we there's a lot to talk about there because Wrestle Kingdom is the WrestleMania for um, anybody that's affiliated with New Japan. That's their big card. That's the one that they, they get everybody over for. It's in the Tokyo Dome. It's probably already sold out, 50,000, 60,000 people there. Um, and it's a two night event this year. You're going to see, not only are you going to see new Japan guys there, you're going to see guys from AEW there. I know Moxley's in a match. Jericho has a match. There's, it's a lot going on there. So I'm looking forward to that as well. And I always watch wrestle kingdom every year. I have new Japan world just so I can watch wrestle kingdom. You know, and it really does. That does kind of make you wonder about why AEW it seemed like they burned a bridge on purpose with ROH by getting this promotion started. But yet here they, I know they can't really do anything about Moxley and those other guys. They can go and do other stuff. I know that's like part of Moxley's deal. He wants to be able to go do what he wants. So he's going to go back to New Japan. Well, is only running shows once a week. That is true. So that kind of helps. Um, my big problem, though, with Ring of Honor, and this is something that I've told you off air, Ring of Honor shot themselves in the foot. Yeah. Ring in of many Honor, ways. Yeah. Ring of Honor has not had a banner year. <laughs> they have not. Hindsight being 2020, they shot themselves in the foot. Well, for, let, let's look at Ring of Honor's history here since this whole AEW thing came up. Okay. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Let's go back to All In. Now, this was last year. Mm-hmm. All In runs their show. That was the first show that would become AEW. Yeah, it wasn't even an AEW show. It was just, it was that, just it was a show. That, them saying that they could sell out a 10,000 seat arena. And they did. And they did. But that Amen. show would not have happened. Absolutely would not have happened if it hadn't been for Ring of Honor. Ring that of Honor. True. Ring of Honor had let them use their pay-per-views. Uh, they were there helping film. They had the stage set up. I mean, this show was Ring of Honor. And NWA even, because NWA was involved in the show. This, to me, was a bad idea because what Ring of Honor did was prop up a bunch of guys who worked for them, and they basically ran a house show and gave all the credit to Cody, the Young Bucks, all the elite. They gave all the credit to them. Fast forward. AEW is born. AEW, all the guys know when everybody's contracts are up, 
They know when everybody's leaving. They know about. They know how. They know how the wheel works in Ring of Honor. They take a lot of guys. I mean, look at look at who they lost. Ring of Honor lost Cody, who was one, was their champion at one point. Mm-hmm. He was NWA champion. They lose the Young Bucks, who were part of their tag team division. They they had the agreement with New Japan, so they had dates on Kenny Omega. They had dates on all these New Japan guys. They lost Page. They lose Hangman Page, who goes to AEW. AEW, because they get the billionaire backing of Shad Khan and Tony Khan, they, in turn, start signing up all the indie darling talent that probably would do well in Ring of Honor. Now, it's one thing to say AEW, they want to stand on their own feet, they want to create their own stars, they want to have full control. I think it's a mistake not having a Ring of Honor there, or at least buying them out, because I think Sinclair doesn't want to throw, Sinclair Broadcasting doesn't want to throw the money behind Ring of Honor. That well, that's been the problem since they bought them. Yeah, they don't they want to throw the money behind it. I granted, their production on their weekly hour program has increased tremendously over the last 10 years. Absolutely. And but, there you go. I mean, <laughs> not only that, but Ring of Honor basically funded the guy, the boys in the back. They funded them and allowed them to do this show that a billionaire saw and saw there was interest in and they started their own company. They set them up for success, but at their own failure of, of their company. Because when they left, who did they have? Matt yeah. Taven, Dalton Castle. The These Briscoes. Are, the Briscoes. That, the, outside of the Briscoes and Jay Lethal, they don't have household names right now. PCO is he's cult he's cult magic at best. He is. And you know, they just lost Marty Skrull this year. He's went to the NWA. So is he now is he full time going forward in twenty twenty with the NWA? I think the NWA is his primary place he's going to be. But he'll be I think he'll be able to work indie dates because a lot of the NWA guys work indie dates because Nick Aldis defended the uh, NWA title in Julian this past year. Well, yeah. at, at All Star Wrestling, so that was that was really cool moment that we got to to be there for that. Um, well, here's my thing: is NWA running house shows? No, NWA okay. tapes once every couple of months, and they tape for like two or three days. They have a pay per view. That's pretty much it. So the guys are really they have a very loose schedule right now with the NWA. Right. They can do a lot of indies, which is why a lot of people I think are are like that. You know, Colt Cabana is there. Aaron Idle Stevens, who's the new national champion, is there. Um, you know, uh, Eli Drake, Marty Skrull now, Nick Aldis, uh, just a lot of young talent there. Trevor Murdoch is there. So there's a lot there, but the NWA and New Japan, both in their agreements with Ring of Honor, as we talked about, Ring of Honor is kind of disgraced, uh, by their own women's champion, which leads to her dismissal. And then they, uh, block her on Twitter not a banner year for a Ring of Honor. Well, no, but again, I don't think that this is anything that is going to hurt them in the long term. Um, I hope you're right because I, right now their their business is not good. Their business is down, and uh, I assume that they probably are going to stop if they haven't stopped doing any house shows. In the near future. Maybe. I mean, normally Ring of Honor, they were just venturing into the house show business. I think they stick with more of a... Uh, right. This TV week, schedule. Yeah. The, we'll do three-hour show here, but it's three weeks of TV. Right. Which is not a bad move for them. I don't know. It's just... It's worrisome to me because, honestly, in my opinion, if... To me, if the NWA... And I know the NWA starting to do their own thing. But if AEW, the NWA, Ring of Honor, and the new American branch of New Japan could all coexist and work together, that would be formidable opponent for WWE. But... Now, see, in a perfect world... That won't happen because... All of those people, all of these groups that you just named off, and you could even throw Evolve in there. Yeah. You could even... Dragon Gate. You know, if you if you get something formidable enough and you're able to produce talent that is then uh, picked so to speak, by AEW and WWE, you could even, in fact, if everybody would work together a little bit, I think everybody would make a lot more money with everything that everybody's putting out there. But that's just me. <laughs> Bill Watts once said, there will never be any wrestler's union or anything like that or any kind of agreement because wrestlers can't even agree on where to go to lunch. 
I've actually witnessed that several times. So there you go. <laughs> I know uh, you've witnessed it many more times than I have. But, oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, again, here's another thing about 2019 or 2019. I hate doing the 2019 after 10. Uh, 2009, 2010. Uh, so for 2019... One of the more, in my opinion, one of the more banner years of wrestling has to be because of the birth and incarnation and the inaugural beginnings of the world view of wrestling. WVOW on WVOW. I can't argue that. Well, I think this would be a good time to kind of let the people know exactly what it is about us that makes us think that we're eligible to or qualified to uh, talk about professional wrestling on the air oh uh because we work here and our station manager told us to (laughs) (laughs) i meant more of like who are you and what Uh, do you do Uh, um well obviously i'm mr stone aaron stone i was a comedian for over 12 years and i've been working at wvow and logan for a, a little over a year now and uh, he did basically, as you said, the general manager said, let's do this and you're going to do it. And here we are. Yeah. And uh, uh, But I've been a wrestling fan my whole life. And I did work a little bit with ASW, uh, did commentating for a couple of shows and did a lot of ring announcing. So I have met a lot of wrestlers and worked with a lot of wrestlers in that aspect. But uh, Nathan... You are kind of a, 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 the voice of ASW right now, are you not? Uh, jo- Josh Brown and myself share the commentating duties. Yeah, uh, but you're the star of the, of the broadcast. <laughs> no, nah, I couldn't do it without Josh. I'm not going to throw him under the he bus. He couldn't do it without you. <laughs> he and I couldn't do it without each other. Uh, uh, yeah. Stick with the sinking ship, son. Josh and I have been, <laughs> we've been the voices of ASW now for years i've lost track i've lost track of how many events and matches we've actually called uh we we've done some some commentary even in down in north carolina we've done commentary for a lot of promotions we've done filming video josh does a lot of great video editing and music Mm -hmm. work uh i've just i've done some ring announcing i've done the you know just showing up and Met a lot of the wrestlers. I've uh, got to know a lot of them, become friends with a few, uh, some names from the past. And uh, I've loved pro wrestling since I was a little kid. And uh, Jay messaged me one day and said, Hey, I got this idea. You know, come talk to me. And we talked about it. And immediately I thought of Aaron here to be my co host. And so I decided, you know, we would do this. And um, it's turned out pretty, pretty good so far. I've enjoyed it. Um, you know, because I, I enjoy just producing content about something I love and pro wrestling has been there for me when, you know, really nothing else was, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, you grew up and you loved it and you weren't ashamed. I'm still not, no need to be almost 30 years old. So yeah, I've been here for a couple of years now and you hear me on the radio. Sometimes you hear me at basketball games and football games (laughs) and everywhere else. But, uh, you know, this is more of a labor of love. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm going to say this. I go by people. This is what I go by. And I can tell you this. I think in 2020, 2020 will either be the year, and I'll expand upon this more on Sunday. Okay. But I think 2020 will either be the biggest year yet for wrestling, or it'll be the year that sets up the biggest year in wrestling. And I think that that's possible if a number of things don't happen. Okay. And we can expand upon that more on Sunday night for our 30-minute our show. Yeah, I think uh, 2020 is going to be a banner year for for pro wrestling. My biggest problem is with wrestling starting to expand and get bigger and bigger and bigger, how long can it sustain? Well, that's that's the thing with uh, any kind of entertainment and show business. It, it cycles. It does, and we're in a, a very good cycle right now. Right, because we haven't everything seen, that's old is new again. <laughs> we haven't seen a cycle like this since you know mid to late '90s, back when you know WCW and the Attitude Era of wrestling. Which I'm going to tell people this, and people are, I'm going to get hate tweets. Uh, the Attitude Era, while great storytelling most of the time, the Attitude Era was not exactly great with wrestling matches. Well, the Attitude Era, too, I think, 
as well the attitude area especially ecw in that time period of the mm-hmm. 90s i think they did more to hurt wrestling in the long term over the last 30 hot years. shotting well yeah and you know you again instances here matter the mass transit incident oh god you got all the ecw stuff in the end i mean it it touched on every level of offensiveness and they knew it would they were aiming for it and so whatever that line was somebody said you know we crossed the line and one day we realized there's nobody else coming yeah so uh something like that but I think in the end, a lot of that stuff in Attitude Era, you look at now, everybody jokes about, well, everybody's got to do a dive. Where do you think that started at? I mean, I'm not saying people didn't dive through the ropes. I'm just saying you started seeing people take more and more risks. I'm not saying that there was bad matches in the Attitude Era. because there there, was good matches. There was good and bad, but everyone looks back on the Attitude Era with rose-colored glasses, and I'm sitting there going... Uh, there was some stuff that I've went back and watched. Like I just recently watched, um, last night I watched SummerSlam 98. Uh, just, and it, I got my nostalgia glasses on. I've been watching 98 pay-per-views. SummerSlam 98. That was kind of the apex of the year of 98, wasn't it? SummerSlam 98 wasn't all that great. It oh, was all right. right. I'm talking about, I remember the the buzz leading up to it. It, it was a huge it was promotion. Huge. It was huge because of the main event, but... And the main event was pretty much the only thing really memorable uh, the ladder, The ladder match between Triple Rock H and, and Rock, H. yeah. But, the, I mean, there was stuff on this card that would really have... If, if WWE did it today, people would be like, why is this on my show? But they look back <laughs> on... Like, okay, no offense to anybody involved, but Kai and Ty, Funaki... Dick Togo, Men's Teow, and Takamishinoku with Yamaguchi-san in the corner against the oddities, Golga, Kurgan, <laughs> and Giant Silva. This was a match on pay-per-view television that got time. And I'm talking Thank not you. just five minutes. I'm talking this match got 12 minutes. The oddities were over for about nine and a half weeks. They, they were over. Now. I'll give you that. <laughs> for about 10 weeks or so. But, and then they slowly just and then the, and then, out. To quote Bruce Pritchard, and then the bell rang. Well, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, you know, I'm talking about being a comedian, and this is something that I always will remember. Uh, it was an interview with George Carlin that I watched uh, sometime right about when I was getting, you know, living on my own in college. Yeah. He said, you get five minutes. Every, every comedian who reaches that big spot, Seinfeld, Carlin, Kennison, Dangerfield, Pryor. You see where I'm going there? Yeah, yeah. That iconic, legendary level, you get five minutes that you can work off of just that. After that, you got to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> or they don't care. They will boo you. And uh, that's kind of the same thing with wrestling as it is with everything else. Yeah. If in wrestling, you're Ric Flair, hey, can you wrestle? No. Well, he's still a name. He gets five minutes. And that's another thing that I'm really happy about with the three, the 10, 10, and 10 for the Rumble. This. Yeah. Why would you have a surprise? Why would you have a like if the Undertaker was going to be in the Rumble this year? Why would you have a surprise? Why would why would you not promote him? He's not going to win. You don't think he is, and if he does, why wouldn't you promote that he's going to be in it? Rob Van Dam, if he shows up this year, he's not going to win it. But why have him in it if nobody knows he's going to be there? Wrestling, wrestling fans love surprises. I, 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 I want them to bring back the the tumbler and actually have them draw a number. You want to have them do it for a shoot, huh? <laughs> well, no, no, not necessarily. I mean, you know, plan it however way you want to. But I mean, you know, have like a you know a lineup of people going and, and getting their numbers, and as the show goes on, you know. Have them, uh, you know, like, have have the rumble room where they all. It's like their bullpen before they send them to the ring. I like the I like the surprise factor though. That's something I love. I love the. I don't know who it's going to be. That's well, what makes I'm, it exciting. You've got thirty entrants. I know. Obviously, you don't want to show the Undertaker walking out of a room to the curtain. But, no. But you could show Dolph Ziggler doing it, couldn't you? Well, it yeah. gives the illusion that 
it's a more of a of a of a you know of an of an event that's actually being planned and produced and managed. Okay. Gives I think I think that's something that that they should look forward to in the in in especially the year coming up. Yeah. Look forward to a more reality based exhibition a sport exhibition and and at kayfabe. I know everybody knows it's a work, but. I know, I, I, know, I know the diehards will work too. Right. I know. Right. There you go. You still, you still watch it. I'm, I'm going to, to uh, tomorrow on Christmas uh, day, I'm going to watch diehard like I have for the like the last 10 years because it's my, it's one of my favorite Christmas movies. Not a Christmas movie, but anyway, it is a Christmas movie. It's a movie that takes place at Christmas. Well, you had to say Christmas in it. It's more Christmas than you think. Okay. I am going to watch a, a, a Christmas story tonight. I'll probably, and then I'll be seeing uh, I'll wrestling watch, tomorrow night in Boone County. Yeah. Well, come enjoy it. We're going to have a good time. And uh, I guess this is a good place to wrap it up. We'll reveal who won the voting on Sunday's episode for the best Survivor Series team. Well, we were actually. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we see who won, didn't we? We'll have you to check it out. You and three friends commented on there. <laughs> I, I didn't know. But. Uh, <laughs> So we'll find out then on Sunday. Find and, out uh, on Sunday who won, probably me. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Mr. Stone, it's been a good Christmas season. Let's wrap it up and uh, get ready for 2019 or 2020, shall we? Merry Christmas to you too, Mr. Bush. And follow us online at Facebook, Worldview of Wrestling. And you can also follow us on WVOWradio.com on your computer, smartphone, or tablet. Just click on podcasts and streaming, and then click on Worldview of Wrestling, just like you did for this show. We'll have more hot tags coming up and news updates, and we'll have plenty of news as 2020 rolls on. And I think that's about it for me. I'm going to go watch Christmas Story. What are you into tonight? I'm going to be spending time with my family and my son and opening gifts. And that's to that. All right. Out of here.